Get ready to be inspired by the great things happening in rural education. The Rural Scoop will bring you new ideas and innovative solutions, will dive into education issues, and will highlight what's working in your rural communities. You will hear from a variety of educators, administrators, professionals, and others who will provide relevant and engaging content in each episode. And now, serving up the scoop, here's your host, Dr. Melissa Sadorf. Thank you, Rural Scoop listeners, for joining me today. I have the pleasure of talking with Bill Steitler, superintendent of the Mountain Institute CTED located in Prescott, Arizona. He'll be giving us some stories from the rural schoolhouse that he's worked in in the last year, and I'm looking forward to hearing about his experiences and learning about the challenges and successes for the students in his district. Bill, are you ready to give me the scoop? I'm ready to give you the scoop. Great. Well, first, Bill, introduce us to you and your school community. All right. Uh, my name is, uh, again, Bill Steigler. I'm superintendent for Mountain Institute CTED. We service the western half of Yavapai County. Uh, so basically everything west of the Mingus Mountains. Uh, we have seven high school districts that uh, we service. Uh, that would be starting down south. That would be Mayor. Uh, come on up to Dewey Humboldt uh, School District and then uh, Prescott uh, Unified School District. Then we go out to uh, Baghdad uh, and then going north and west, we have uh, Chino Valley uh, Unified School District. And then we go up to Ash Fork and then out west to Seligman. So those are our seven member school districts that we service. So we. Uh, provide programming on their campuses, help support that programming for career and technical education. Uh, and then we provide central campus programming. Uh, most of that is set up uh, with Yavapai College uh, on their three campuses that we have programming, which would be the Chino Valley campus. Uh, that's where our electrical lineman program is. The SeaTech campus in Prescott by the airport, uh, which is where probably 80% of our programming for central campus programming occurs. And then we also have the Prescott Valley campus, which is mainly uh, dedicated to our medical uh, programming uh, for CNA and medical assisting. Very large geographically. Yes, we are. <laughs> so Bill, tell me what the last year has been like for you and your school and your community. Well, I think for everyone, it's been a year of constant change and trying to figure out how to satisfy what's going on uh, within our individual communities. Obviously, uh, a lot of questions about uh, protocols in place, uh, whether classes will be in person, whether they're going to be a hybrid, will it be online? And um, our central campus programming for the most part has been in a face-to-face -face or a hybrid model most of the time, other than the initial uh, mandate uh, or executive order uh, on the shutdown. Uh, the rest of the time, we've pretty much been face-to-face, -face. Uh, but our member school districts has, have been spread all over the map uh, with uh, online only, uh, some form of a hybrid, uh, some of them just opening up uh, right after spring break for the first time. So it, it's been a um, 
a combination of, of a lot of moving parts for us. Um, luckily, the member school districts have been uh, very cooperative. So even when they were um, online uh, or in some form of a hybrid, uh, they were still providing uh, transportation for their students who wanted to participate in face-to-face -face, uh, to our campuses. So that, that was a positive through all this. Right. Uh, but obviously with different executive orders, uh, county uh, dynamics on the data related to the COVID-19, um, there's been a year of a lot of questions and a lot of uncertainty, um, both from staff and students. What was the percentage of students that chose to come see you face to face? Uh, we, the, the, the question is, is, is how many did we lose because of the face to face? We were only notified uh, probably by about half a dozen students that they would prefer to stay online as hmm. compared to coming in. Uh, but as with most of the districts, we saw a loss of enrollment. And the question comes in, is that because of mitigation factors? Is it because of the fact that there are concerns? Um, or and in some cases, because there again, we were, we were in some form of face-to-face. -face. Uh, obviously with CTE, there's a lot of lab time. So we had to alternate right. lab space, things like that. So there were some students who were concerned that they weren't getting the amount of lab time that they had in prior, uh, while others wanted more online and less lab time. So it, it's one of those balancing acts that you, you try to uh, accommodate those so that they can be successful in, in a program and move forward. Right. So Bill, you, you're talking about some of the challenges that you had with those students connecting and engaging. Um, what were some of the other challenges that you faced and how did you overcome those or did you? Well, I, one, uh, the initial challenges was, you know, most of our students are coming from another school district, but in the very beginning, uh, obviously we went out, uh, bought additional technology resources, um, hotspots, mm -hmm. and we tried to coordinate that with the member school districts, but we also service the, the homeschool and the charter uh, students as well. So initially we had some access issues related um, to them being able to complete assignments that were online. Um, those we were, I think, able to work out fairly rapidly. I think the challenges that have not been met is the fact that when you move a curriculum uh, partially or totally online, that has not been a mindset for high school students mm. prior. Uh, some of them had varied experiences with it, uh, but I would say you've got a small percentage who are really geared to excel in that environment where you have another group of students who are not going to um, achieve to the same level they would prior with the online. And I think that this year has proven that uh, those multi, uh, multiple learning uh, areas have to be addressed. Uh, even if you're moving online, and I mean, we, we all know that, that there's online programs, 
but I think the average student has not developed the methodology to acquire that knowledge remotely, uh, even if it's uh, synchronous or asynchronous, they, they're not getting the content and the delivery in a way that they understand uh, like they would in a classroom. Mm-hmm. Any challenges with the staff and teachers being able to shift to that different mindset? Well, I, there, there again, a lot of our programming is, is with the college. I think the college had some challenges, just like we all have, trying to figure out how to engage and how to even connect with the students. Mm. You know, there, there again, when you're dealing on multiple platforms uh, for delivery of your content, it creates challenges for the students to understand even how to access the content. Right. So we, you know, early on, we spent a lot of reach out uh, to students, did a lot of postings on our website, uh, really did not field as many phone calls as I thought we would at the district office. Um, But there were times that, you know, it would take us, uh, a couple of weeks to, to get a student actually into their online uh, classes. Uh, they were showing up for, the, for their labs, but a lot of times it was a different instructor who was teaching the online as compared to their face-to-face. Mm-hmm. So it, it created, you know, those challenges. I think that, um, you know, moving forward, we're going to have to look at, um, you know, the, one of the first questions that, that I think the staff as a whole did a very good job making the transition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, staff, though, as a whole, do not understand or it's hard for them to understand the challenges for a student uh, because they felt like what they were doing uh, asynchronously with the students they felt like was the same as being in the classroom. But the reality of it is, it's not. So Bill, what are some of the lessons learned in this last year that you want to make sure you take into the year ahead? Well, I, I think that as we move into next year, uh, we had looked at when all this started, is this an opportunity for us, and I, and I do believe it is, to offer more programming, even CTE on an online basis, especially for, I mean, I've I've got two school districts, Seligman and Ash Fork. That's an hour drive each way for them to get into a central campus programming. You go to Seligman, we're looking at an hour and a half. And we have students who are making that commitment. Um, We have programming that starts at 645 in the morning and they're leaving at 515 in the morning. That is commitment. It is. But the problem is, is that I do not believe the access um, is the same for all students because some may not have that time frame available. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're looking at, is there some programming that, that we can uh, bring online to service, especially our more rural districts, um, so that they can get the same access uh, that those students who are closer uh to our central central campus programming. But I think what um, this year has made made us very aware of is that we need to look at if we're going to structure that, how to structure it so that students are successful. Mm. Uh, And what's going to be needed on 
uh, the instructor side to ensure that. Um, and I think it's given us some indications of where uh, we may very well need to do additional support mechanisms uh, for those students who are, are doing something online. Um, and we've been looking at a number of different models uh, where we can potentially make that work more effectively for the students as we move forward. Um, I mean, our students overall who've been in the programs, they have been successful, um, but I still believe that we have gaps that we have not filled yet. So it's been a year of learning and growing for all of us. And Bill, how have you in the last year grown as an educator? Well, I think that uh, one, as an educator um, in the classroom at the district level, uh, we, we always have the perceptions of what we think is going to be the best model to move forward until you get a chance to start testing that, working with the students and see what their success rate is and their ability to grasp what you're putting into place and then willing to look at it and make adjustments. Um, you know, a, a lot of time, it, I think educators get into this. I've done this, it's been successful and we're going to move it forward mm -hmm. because it's it's what works. Uh, I think that, that we, we are going to see out of this, um, a two to three year time span where there is going to be major changes in how the expectation is for students to access uh, their academics, be it CTE or general education. Um, that's a good thing. Um, but I do believe that as educators, we have to look at how is this going to be done to ensure the success of our students. Um, you know, we have students, we have multiple students in our programming that have been working during this entire time doing their studies at night. And some of them do not want to come back to school right now, uh, even if it is face-to-face. -face. Um, we have other students who are still concerned about whether they should be in the classroom. So I think as we move into next fall, some of the challenges that we have been faced with this year will be mitigated some, but I think that we're going to be dealing with a student population that are looking at a variety of modes to access their education to move themselves forward. Uh, and if we had just accept that everything is going to go back to the way we've always done it come next August, I think that we will, as public education entities, will be limiting um, our access in our communities and will be limiting um, the number of students who will want to engage uh, as they did in the past. I think that you know, two to three years from now, we'll get a more stable um, group of students that this is their expectation moving forward. But I do believe that the next two to three years are going to be challenges uh, for any district uh, to figure out how to, 
how to navigate, as they call it, the new norm. Do you have a, a success story for either a student or a teacher that comes to mind within the last year? We've had a multitude of success stories with our students. Um, I mean, we there again, I've, I've got students who will make a hour and a half drive for two and a half hours of programming uh, both ways. So they're, they're putting in five and a half hours uh, and they're getting the certifications they came to us to get. Um, when we closed out last year, um, spring was when we just shut down right after spring break. We had students who were looking to take their certification exams. Uh, we had students who were looking at doing clinical rotations and medical. Mm. So uh, luckily we were able um, we had 20, I believe it was 24 students in our medical assisting program. Uh, luckily, most of them had uh, completed their clinical rotations uh, prior to spring break. And so uh, we moved online. We actually were able to schedule most of them for uh, their CCAM, CCMA national exam in June. Uh, and out of those 24, we had uh, 23 who certified and we had uh, 22 who were offered uh, placement with uh, local health care facilities here locally. Now a few of those chose to go on to college uh, in the medical field uh, but we had a very high placement rate. Of course I'm quite sure that the medical facilities were, de were dealing with the same things. We were staffing challenges uh, but we have uh, a whole group of that cohort who were uh, placed here locally in That's wonderful. Uh, Prescott, Prescott Valley, Geno area. So what does next year look like for you, Bill, as you plan to uh, get reopened in the fall? Um, well, there again, I know the college is, is looking at continuing some of the, the programs online. Uh, so we're looking at um, adding in additional supports for our students. Uh, we'll be interviewing for TAs uh, and we will pull them in on their non-online days and bring them in and support what's happening in that online classroom. Um, because we all know that remediating any loss in learning is going to be a process for, for us. You know, we'll be offering some uh, programming over the summer for those who may not have been successful in, in a class or a program to try, to try to bring them back up and then move them forward um, so that they can keep on track. Uh, but I feel like next year, we are bringing in a number of support staff uh, in the expectation that it will be needed going into in the next year. And then the, the, the question will be, is that something that we will need to look at long-term and mm -hmm. not just for a year or two? Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to make sure the listeners are aware of as it relates to you and Mountain Institute CTED? Well, I, I think we're all trying to deal with the same issues. Um, our communities are a little bit different. 
uh, we might be a little bit more spread out. Um, but the reality of it is, you know, I think that during this in, entire process, what's important is to work with your staff, um, your teachers. Um, and it doesn't mean that everyone's always going to agree, but that uh, for me, it's been important. Uh, even my teaching staff, we typically have, and we're not a huge district, but we have a staffing every Monday for, for district staff. Our teachers were brought in that process uh, starting last spring. So they're always at our district or they're, they're invited to our district staffing. Uh, so they understand what's happening at the district level, not what's just happening um, in their classroom. Um, and throughout the summer, we did a lot of planning with them involved to come back face to face. What is your comfort level? What do we need to put in place? Mm -hmm. uh, and what can we do to help facilitate that? So it, it's been a process uh, looking at data, looking at local data, looking at state data, uh, and then trying to determine with staff, where are we going to be? Um, but with the, the common focus that we always need to put our students first and what's in their best interest. Bill, thanks for spending part of your day with me today. I enjoyed learning about what's going on at, at uh, your campus and your rural school community. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time as well. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.